You are listening to King Jesus Radio, the official podcast of New Living Way Church. Make sure I got this going over here. Are we good over here? Amen. So it looks like we started. We're online as well. So thank you guys for joining us online and all of us here tonight as well. So praise God. Looking forward to what the Lord has and has already prepared for us through his word tonight. And uh, tonight we will be in Daniel chapter 6, verse 16 through 23. And the title of tonight's uh, teaching is Found Blameless, which is found out of the English Standard Version. Um, you know, so Sister Karen, you have the Daniel chapter 6, verse 16 to 23 this time? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I noticed how similar they were. It's yeah, right. It has the same, it has the same there. So, so we do have, it is, it is in the, it's found in the scripture here. So we will definitely be starting here tonight. And uh, again, thank you guys for joining us online as well. We see you guys there. Sister Rosalind here on the chat with us and everyone watching with us. So praise God. So let's open up in a word of prayer tonight. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, for another beautiful day, another beautiful night, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord God, for another day of your faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace and your mercies. We thank you for your love, Father God. We thank you for your peace and your joy, my God. We thank you for your comfort. We thank you for your faithfulness, Lord, and we thank you for your mercy and your grace, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, for your strength, my God, for you are our strength daily, Lord. And we just thank you, Lord God, for the relationship that we have in you today, Father, through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you, Father God, that, Lord, we are blameless in you today, Father yes. God, because of our faith in you, Lord. And we just thank you this night, Heavenly Father, that, Lord, we're able to know you more and more, Father. But thank you most of all for knowing us, my God. And in that, my God, knowing how to work with us, knowing how to be patient with us, knowing, Lord God, every single area of our lives, Father God, that, Lord, needs, Father God, to be worked in, my God. And we thank you that you are faithful to that work, my Lord. As your word says, you that begin a good work, Father God, will see it to completion until the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we just thank you, Lord, as we come together to trust you, Lord, and thanking you, Father God, that, Lord, our lives belong to you, Lord. You are our Lord, our Savior, our God, our King, and we know that in you, Lord God, all things are possible, Lord. So tonight, Heavenly Father, you know every need, my God. You know every circumstance. You know all that is going on or, or within us and around us, Lord God, within our homes, our families, our neighborhoods, Lord, our country, our jobs, our schools, my God. You know all things, Father God, and we just thank you tonight, Heavenly Father, that, Lord Jesus, you are able, Father God, Lord God, to meet those needs and to answer those prayers, my Lord. So, Father, tonight we just thank you, Lord, as we just focus on you, Lord God. We seek you this night, Heavenly Father. We ask you to teach us according to your word and by the power of your Holy Spirit. We just yield ourselves to you, Lord God. We submit ourselves to you, Lord. And we just humble ourselves under your mighty hand, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you this night, Father God, as, Lord, we just trust in you, Lord God. We look to you, Lord God, to open up our minds and our hearts to your scripture this night. And Father God, Lord, that we would see a reflection of ourselves, Lord God. That Father God, that we would, Father Lord, strive, Lord Jesus, and endure and persevere, my God. Father, to live those godly lives that you have called us to do, my God, and to live according to your word, but Father, in obedience to your word, and Father, in the strength of your spirit, my God. So, Father, we just thank you tonight, Lord, that all things are possible for you, Lord. And we just give you all the praise, all the glory, and all the honor, Father God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. So, again, Daniel chapter 6, verse 16 through 23. Good evening, everybody. <laughs> and uh, we'll be going into this tonight. So, just a couple of uh, quick announcements. We do have 
prayer on Friday night, and that will be in Isaiah chapter 43. So we encourage you to, to join us in prayer as we come together to seek the Lord. Amen. So we're looking forward to that and all that the Lord is doing. Um, also, we're looking at um, this Sunday. We have Sunday service this, this Sunday. So 915, we'll have the, the morning prayer and the word of God and uh, our, our Sunday service, 1045 service. Amen. So definitely looking forward to all that the Lord has. Uh, any, uh, any, any praise reports or anything anybody would like to share tonight? Amen. Okay, we'll definitely be lifting them up in prayer as well. I guess it's kind of fast backwards that Liz is still with us and that um, she did have the surgery. Uh, she, she is in pain, but at least the surgery is now behind her okay. on her leg. So okay. that's still a crazy one. You know? Amen. So now she just has to keep yeah, taking move those, move, yeah. those move forward and those Oh my steps. gosh, I really do. I just thought of it. Um, Brianna Valerie's daughter, her father-in-law, they thought they were going to have to amputate his toe because of diabetes, and they did not have to. So that oh, is praise God, crazy. amen. That's okay, a good, one. good to hear, good to hear. Praise God, yeah. amen, amen. That's good news right there. Praise the Lord. I mean, that's that's not an easy thing that an easy you know easy news to get any part of our body or anything like that. So praise God that He's able to keep that, and that God was faithful to Him on that. So praise God for that. Well, the same with the Lizzie. At first, they thought it was a flesh eating bacteria, and then it turned out it was uh, a bad infection. So they, we still haven't got updated. She's been there almost two weeks now. At least two weeks. Yeah. Okay. So, so pray and just keep up in prayer. So keep trusting the Lord through it all. Amen. Yes. yes. Amen. Amen. Well, praise amen. the Lord. Well, amen. And Myra saying she's happy that she can sleep again. So thank you, Jesus. Amen. amen. So she's there out with us online and uh, praise God for that because there's nothing like the rest that the Lord Jesus can give us. Amen. amen. Nothing like that rest. So thank you, Jesus. Well, amen. Well, let's turn our Bibles tonight to uh, Daniel chapter six, and we will be in verse 16 through 23 tonight. So Daniel chapter six, verse 16 through 23. And we'll be here tonight, and then um, next week we'll be closing it up. So, you know, we'll have one more week next week in the book of Daniel chapter 6. So definitely look thankful to the Lord for that. So, Father, we just thank you for your word this night, and we thank you, Father, Lord, as you bring it forth by your spirit, Father, Lord. We just give you the praise, glory, and honor, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we're going to read from verse 16 through 23, and then we're going to go look at a couple of scriptures from here to kind of look at what we're kind of seeing here tonight. Amen. So let's uh, let's read over here. So Daniel chapter 6, verse 16 through 23. And it says, Then the king commanded, and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, deliver you. And a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lord's, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. Then at break of day, the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, 
O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lion's mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him. And also before you, O king, I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Amen? So how many of us are trusting the Lord tonight? Praise God. So praise the Lord. This is a word for all of us tonight as we see the, the, the benefits and the fruits of continuing to trust our God. Amen. And we see this in the and we see this in Daniel. We see this through Daniel's life and we see this throughout Daniel's life. And, you know, so we're going to see this even more here as we look to this word tonight. And, you know, right here, what we're seeing now is now we're seeing the verdict. We're seeing the verdict now taking place of Daniel being basically found guilty for coming against the law of the Medes and the Persians, which was they were not to serve any God or pray to any other God besides um, the king for 30 days. And, you know, Daniel didn't do so. So they proved, you know, this is how they find him out. This is how what the only thing they're able to basically bring against him. And now he's, you know, he's not only stood trial, I mean, he's found guilty. And now this is the punishment. And this is what is being done to him for being faithful to his God and for continuing to do as he always did. Now this is the, the consequence of that. And this is the judgment for going against the law of the Medes and the Persians. Okay, so this is what we're seeing here. So I want us to kind of see something here because when we really look at this, it reminds me of the scales that you see, you know, the scales of justice. And right here, what we're seeing here is we're seeing the scales of justice and we're seeing, you're seeing the judgment of man and then you're seeing the judgment of God. And so even though the Bible tells us that, you know, we are to, to pray for our leaders, we're to follow, you know, to be good stewards and we're supposed to be good citizens. But at the same time, anything that comes against our God, we are never to put in front of our God. And so right here, Daniel is challenged with an area and a place within his life that, you know, he could either choose to, to submit and to follow and, and not to break the law of the Medes and the Persians, or he can choose to disobey God in doing that, or he can choose to obey God, remain obedient and faithful to his God, even though he will be judged and condemned, honestly, by the Medes and the Persians law. So right here, you kind of see him in a place where he's in between. But to Daniel, there was really no choice. There was really no decision to make here, because as we studied last week, he just continued as he done previously. He continued to do and pray to his God. And now this is what is going on because of it. So I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 11. We're going to go to Proverbs chapter 11. And we're going to read a couple of verses here. So Proverbs chapter 11, we're going to look at verse 1, verse Verse 1 through 8 first, but we're going to just look at verse 1. And this is talking about um, balances and, you know, just weights. And it says here in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 1, it says, A false balance is an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. So I'll read that one again. A false balance is an abomination to the Lord. But a just weight is his delight. So therefore, something that is not balanced, something that is not weighed, something that is not brought 
by justice is an abomination to God. What is not done rightly, and that word abomination is basically to be wicked, to be vile, disgusting, or morally wrong. And so he's saying a false balance is an abomination to the Lord. This is an abomination to God. But a just weight is his delight, something that balances out, that weighs itself out, that God can place on that scale, and it's going to weigh itself out. And it refers to it as a just weight. And that word just is based on or behaving according to what is morally right and fair. So right here we see that there is a false balance going on because of how they brought this about to bring against these accusations against Daniel. They manipulated, they, they used the king's vanity against him, and they caused him to put this law into effect that wouldn't just affect Daniel, but it would affect all those that followed God like Daniel did. We see Daniel, we read about Daniel, but Daniel was in a position that, you know, he was seen, he was known. We don't know how many others were also being faithful to their God, but we're reading about Daniel here. But this affected a whole nation of people, of Israel, of Judah, you know, and the fact that they would not be able to pray to their God. There was definitely motive behind it. We see that in the scriptures. They're, they're trying to figure out early on in the scriptures, how can we get this guy? Well, he's faithful to his God. And so we see a false balance or an unjust balance and this, therefore, according to the proverb, is an abomination to the Lord. But it says, but a just weight is his delight. That just weight, again, based on, on or behaving according to what is morally right and fair. We know and as we read the scriptures that Daniel was a just man. He did what was right in the eyes of God. We see that through the fruits of his life. We see that in the relationship with his God. We see that even... Over 80 years, he's over 80 years old over here, how faithful his God is to him, but how faithful he is to his God. But nevertheless, it does not stop Daniel from going through what he's going through. Because we see here that Daniel is on the scales here. He's on God's scale, and he's on man's scale. And he's now being weighed out, and he's being tested. And he's been brought to a place that is not an easy place for him, especially, you know, a man that is well known, a man that has been used by God so mightily. But now he's put in a place that he's on that scale. He's on that on those scales, on the weight. And his he's being tested. His personality, his character is being weighed out. But thank God, as we have read about him, we know that he is one that was morally right and was morally fair. But either way, he's still going to have to go through this. So Let's look at verse 2 as it continues to talk about this in Proverbs 11. It says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. The integrity of the upright guides them, but the crookedness of the treacherous destroys them. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath, but righteousness delivers from death. Think about that one right there. Riches do not profit in the day of wrath. But righteousness delivers from death. No what, how much money got. I was going to say, what comes to mind to you when we read that scripture there? Rich people. Okay, rich people. Well, yeah, because it's not going to help them when it's time to die. The riches are nothing. Exactly. <laughs> material. Material, yeah, material things. Material. You know, these things will not matter in the day of wrath, in the day of judgment. These things will just, they will not matter. But what will matter is righteousness. To be just to be blameless, 
Because when all is said and done, like you said, it's not going to be about when we stand before God with our hearts exposed and everything, he's not going to be looking, well, how much money do you have? How much money did you give? Or all these different things. No, he's going to be looking at our heart. Are we just? Are we righteous? Are we blameless? We will be just based on what we have been given, yes, but we will also be based, you know, judged according to being guilty, you know, breaking his laws, these different things. And so right here on that last day, whether it's the day that the Lord comes, the tribulation, or whether someone passes away on this earth, is like we read about the rich fool, the rich man. He says, man, I'm going to store up all my wealth. I'm going to do all of this. And the Bible says that God says, you fool, today I require your life. So it was not going to matter to him anymore all that he had. And we can look at the riches on materialistic things or even, you know, relationships, different things that will not. I mean, if it's not of God, then it's not going to matter. The one thing that will matter is righteousness, because it says here that that's what delivers from death. How many of us know that today it's the righteousness of Jesus Christ that delivered me and you from death today? Amen. It still does so today. Praise God. So verse five says the righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight. Amen. So it's the righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight. And we definitely see this example in Daniel. I mean, would you guys agree through that we've been as we've been studying Daniel that this proverb right here would definitely describe Daniel? Because we see that Daniel stayed on a straight path, you know, and Daniel was still faithful to his God and still trusting his God, even in this place where he's already over 80 years old, has seen so many things still in captivity, but yet still remain faithful to his God. And right there, that word to be blameless is to be to be complete to be made whole, to be in, entire, to be sound, and to be innocent. So to be blameless is to be content, to be complete, to be made whole. Another place that we find this type of scripture, this, this word, is actually found in Isaiah uh, chapter 53, verse 5. If somebody could read that, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 5. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, Isaiah 53, verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Amen. Yours says are and not were. And that's our Lord. That's Jesus Christ, the one who came to die for our sins. And that is why today, that is our righteousness. This is why we are made blameless, because he says, by his stripes, you are healed. And that word to be healed is to, yes, to bring health, to cure, but it also refers to being made whole or to become sound. See, when we, when we put our faith in Jesus Christ and the death and resurrection of our Lord and Savior, what happens is now we become restored and reconciled to a holy father, to a holy God, not because of our righteousness, but because of his righteousness, because he took the wrath upon himself on that cross for me and you. And what we're doing is we're now putting our faith in Christ that I believe that you did this for me. I acknowledge my need for that and I acknowledge I'm a sinner 
And I acknowledge that you took that pain and that, and that death for me, but that blood was shed for me. And what we're doing now is we're acknowledging ourselves and our identity with Christ. But because of that, now we now become made whole. We become, we become complete. Now we have a sound mind. How many of us today have a sound mind? Amen. Knowing that we have a relationship through Jesus Christ. Knowing that we have forgiveness, knowing that we have life, that we have peace, that we have comforts, that we can have a relationship and call out on our God, not just as a holy God, but as a holy father. As Jesus said, our father who is in heaven, opening that door for us to be able to call on him as our father and to know him as our father. It's such an amazing thing. And that is the restoration. That is the reconciliation that now, Lord, no matter what happens, Lord, I've been made complete. I am whole. I am now restored to you. And though there's a change and there's a process and God is doing the work, but still in Christ, we are whole. We are complete. We are sound. And we have that peace today. So therefore, we are blameless. So the righteousness of the blameless keeps his way straight, but the wicked falls by his own wickedness. Back in Proverbs eleven five, verse 6 says, the righteousness of the upright delivers them but the treacherous are taken captive by their lust when the wicked dies his hope will perish and the expectation of wealth perishes too the righteous is delivered from trouble and the wicked walks into it instead so that scripture right there that verse is is already describing what we're reading today and what we'll be reading next week because it says the righteous is delivered from trouble and the wicked walks into it instead. So if you know the end of the if you know the end of the scripture, then you recognize, okay, this is this is what we're seeing here. So we're seeing this scripture to be made alive. This is this scripture is alive, this scripture is active. You know, and we see this in Daniel. So let's go down to verse 19 to 21 in this same Proverb 11. It says, whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live. Amen. Whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. Okay. Those of crooked heart are an abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways are his delight. Be assured, an evil person will not go unpunished, but the offspring of the righteous will be delivered. Yeah, and we know that that deliverance came through Jesus Christ for all the children of Israel, but for the whole world. We were all delivered, and thank you, Jesus, that he has given us deliverance today for all those that put their faith in him today. He is our deliverer. But look back at verse 19, and I just kind of want us to ponder this as we look at a couple more scriptures here. Verse 19 again, whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues evil will die. I want us to keep that in mind as we look at a couple of the scriptures right here real quick. But if somebody could read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. Verse 
God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sins, so that we can be made right with God in Christ. Amen. So he that knew no sin became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. So it's Christ's righteousness that makes me and you righteous today. It's his blood. It's his salvation. It's our faith in him. And it's him because he knew no sin. So therefore, we, you know, now we become the righteousness of God in him. And that's where we're able to have confidence today that no matter what, we are righteous in him. And how many of us know that in Christ Jesus, we have life, right? But what else? I mean, we have life, but what's the greatest life that we have? Eternal life. We have eternal life. I know it's kind of a tricky question. I know anytime a question gets thrown out there, it's kind of like, wait, what? I don't know if I even worded the question right, but, you know, we were going to get to the answer. It's eternal life. We have eternal life. We have the peace today to know that to be absent in the body is to be present with the Lord, to walk by faith and not by sight. You know, and that is one of the greatest gifts that we have. So when we read this, whoever is steadfast in righteousness will live, but he who pursues, pursues evil will die. What happens is we can fall into a place that we believe, well, if God didn't deliver me or God didn't deliver me from this death, then maybe I wasn't righteous or maybe this and that. But no, that's not what it's saying, because to live is, yes, to have life and to live in this world, but also to live in all eternity with God. To have life, eternal life, to know that, Lord, this is not going to end here. So no matter how this turns out, I'm going to be all right because I'm going to continue to live. Because even though Christ died, he rose again on the third day. Even though we have brothers and sisters in the Lord that have gone on to be with him, but they are still living. Because think about it. God says he is not the God of the dead, but he is the God of the living. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And it says even the teachers and the Pharisees, they were like amazed by this word. It was like, wow, we don't even know how to respond to that. Because he is the God of the living. And we are alive today in Christ. So let's look at Romans chapter 14, verse 7 through 9. Romans 14, verse 7 through 9. Try to find that over here, guys. So Romans 14, verse 7 through 9 says this. For none of us lives to himself, and none of us dies to himself. For if we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this end Christ died and lived again, that he might be Lord both of the dead and of the living. So it's because of him today that we have life. We no longer have to fear death because this death is not all there is. Now we know that there's eternal life and we have life beyond this because whether we live or whether we die, we realize that our lives belong to the Lord. And because they belong to the Lord, it says that this is eternal life to know God the Father and to know his son, Jesus Christ. That is eternal life. So we can rejoice today that Lord God, that it's not so much that it's the righteousness that you're going to deliver me and I'm going to live forever here. It's the fact that I'm going to live forever with you. 
So no matter what happens, and God is able to deliver us from death here. We see how he raised Lazarus from the dead, how he raised a little girl from the dead, and he's able to do that. We see how he heals and how he delivers, and he still does so today. But it's also coming to a place where we have to be able, as it said at the end of that scripture, Daniel trusted in his God. Getting to a place and growing to a place that we're able to trust our God, no matter what. Because let's look at Proverbs 17.3. And even though Daniel was, you know, we see him as a man of God. We see him as a faithful man of God. But yet, he still went through it, as we've talked about. And Proverbs 17.3 says, The crucible is for silver, and the furnace is for gold, and the Lord tests the hearts. And I put here, it's through the fire that we truly find out where is our faith. Yes, amen. We truly find out who our faith is in. Yes. And we truly find out who are we depending upon. Yes. It's through that fire. It's through the refinement. It's through this time. And even though we see Daniel is, is being used by God and being an example, but nevertheless, we still see that Daniel is still being tested. He's still being purified. But through it all, what this does is because Daniel's also in a position that he's going to be seen, that he's going to be known, it also brings glory to God. It's amazing that through the testing, through the refinement through our lives, that in that fire that the Lord is with us as he was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, but nevertheless, it through all of that, as we trust in him and learn to trust in him and learn to continue to endure and persevere through it, as he brings about a change within our hearts. And not only that, helps us to grow in faith, helps us to grow into a deeper relationship with him. And through that, what happens, he is glorified as we are purified. That's what it comes down to. He is glorified as we are purified. And what he's doing is just purifying us unto him to be holy and blameless unto him. He says, you are the temple of the living God to be holy and to be blameless. We are holy and blameless by faith, but we still have a responsibility in obedience to the Lord, in seeking him, in living and walking this life and acknowledging him that he is still bringing about and doing a refining work within our hearts and our lives in our way of thinking, in our way of seeing things, in the way that we hear things, and even how we feel. God is continually doing a purifying work within our lives. But there's always a purpose when we trust the Lord. There's always a purpose when we're willing to just yield to him and submit to him. And right here we see that there's still a purpose why God is allowing this in Daniel's life. And it's that he would be glorified. Any thoughts on this? Any comments on it? Before we move on a little bit. I think in today's term, it would be Daniel's living out the word of God and where he's at in Babylon. Amen. Perfect example of what the word of God is. Uh, yeah. And that sounds like today. Plus that those men <laughs> had evil in their heart when they devised that plan. And I can't remember the scripture, but it says that the, the plans of the wicked will fail. Know what that is, but I don't heard it. Yeah, no, yeah. no, I, it's in the Proverbs. I just don't remember yeah. exactly which one it is, but yeah, you're right. Those who plan or devise evil schemes, you That's know, it. will be thwarted by the Lord. That's 
Yeah, but it's it's um yeah, but you're right. I mean, and we see that we see every all the intents, all these different things, and we see them succeeding. But never, even though we see them succeeding, doesn't mean that God's not in control. You know what? What freak, not freaks me out. That's a silly thing to say. <laughs> I never knew that they prayed to these kings, though. They just because they weren't gods. So why would they pray to them? They were in those countries. They were seen as that. That's what Pharaoh was seen as in Egypt. They were all gods. He was seen as a god. He was seen as a god. Not a leader. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was seen as a god. That's why they would immortalize them in these tombs. Well, I'm sure glad we don't do that. <laughs> with some things yeah we, we we do it in certain ways and did you watch a presidential stuff last year when someone becomes a leader or a country so they give the people see you as a god so they serve you because you give to them pharaohs and all these kings give to the people so therefore they're admiring the god not because they have power but because they give and people get accustomed but I mean, even I mean, even today, I mean, in a small area, you can even look at, I mean, look at some of those that are still, you know, highly admired and followed today that have, you know, followings that have been dead and long gone, you know, as just even just like pop stars or musicians or, you know, movie stars or entertainers, different things like that, that have been immortalized. And certain areas that have been seen as idols, yeah. you know, what? Idols. Oh, idols. I mean, yeah, I mean, but you that know, doesn't mean you pray to them. Doesn't mean you pray to them, but you. A lot of people will strive to live their life after them, or how they did certain things. I mean, you know, you even hear of other musicians, you know, living lives out based upon like, well, how Jim Morrison did, or how Kurt Cobain did, or you know, trying to live out these lives that others the way they lived it, you know? And it's like, I have the spirit of so-and-so in me, you know, I'm, I'm living in that, you know? Some that have done that with Bob Marley, different things like that, channeling all these different things because, and, and you'll hear that many times, oh, I just felt his spirit here with me as I was doing this. You know, and you'll see that a lot in music. You'll see that a lot in acting. You know, you'll see that a lot in those that say that they're they're doing a, um, a movie about somebody. And I just said, man, I felt them here with me. I felt their spirit. It's just, you know, it's it's to that. That's what I'm saying. It's it's here in so many ways that we don't we don't we don't realize it. But I mean, in in other ways as well. I mean, in in areas where people are worshiping idols and different things like that. But even in small areas like that, it's like we don't realize we do that. But it's just it's there, you know. And anything that we idolize or put before God is is an idol. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why I say there's a divide because I mean we haven't had a righteous president since President Lincoln, but I wouldn't pray to him anyway. Supposedly, you know, I mean. <laughs> well, Bible says it's none righteous, so I mean, you know, even yeah. uh, you know, even you know, so called Lincoln, you know, must have had his faults, but still, you know, we yeah. still look at we look at the you know we 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 go by the fruits and based on what you know, but we trust God through it all, and even in that, even where we're at today, and this is where it's coming down to recognizing that no matter what, God's in control. Yes. And you know what I mean? Because Daniel could have been looking at this and saying, man, how are you going to allow me, God, to be cast into the lion's den? <laughs> you know, you know, they're, they're, they're persecuting me for being faithful to you. Well, yet so, you're allowing me to be tossed into this lion's den. The same as the Israelites. They had nothing behind them but a city. Yeah, exactly. You know, so it's it's definitely always. And, and you know, it's, it's like Pastor Pat said, living in Babylon and, and we're, you know, we're living in a place today that is, you know, foreign, that is, you know, a lot of things opposed to God, um, different things like that. Not many searching for God, not many looking for him or if, if so, just how I want God, how I want to serve God, you know, and, and uh, we have so many different teachings, so many different ways, even within our ch- in the church today. You know, you see that 
Um, but this is where it really comes down to really knowing who our God is and having that relationship, because that's where we're being challenged to stay that straight and narrow path, you know, and continuing to stay faithful to our God and to Jesus Christ and, and you know, not adding or not taking away to who he is, you know, and this is where I believe that this is where we really have to understand that there is a purification through our walk with Jesus Christ, as the Bible says, to walk in fear and trembling with our God, you know, it's, it's trusting him through that and recognizing, Lord, you got to do this work in me, man. Cause it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a process is a daily, it's a daily, it's a daily perseverance and endurance, Lord God, to trust you through all of this, especially when we're, when there's so many things going on that we have so many questions about, you know, well, how come this God, how come that God, but when we can have a peace within our hearts as we see Daniel has here, you know, and not to say he didn't have questions. I'm pretty sure he was, you know, he must have had some fear. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a human being. You know, I don't think anybody wants to get tossed into a lion's den, you know. But but still, we see the fact that it was done. He didn't stop what he was doing. He didn't say, I'm not going to do it anymore. Obviously, he, they, they threw him in. So we see this here. But what it all comes down to is it's what's left. And we see here that through all of this testing, Daniel is going to be found blameless. And it reminds me of this scripture here in 2 Peter. Can I say something, David? Yes, Pastor Pat. Um, Daniel, this is Old Testament. So I think Daniel remembers the Ten Commandments. <clears throat> yeah. Do not worship any other gods. Amen. Oh, that's true. Mm -hmm. Very key there. Good point. Very key there. You would have known that. Yeah. You know, right. taking, that, taking that into Babylon, you know, studying the scriptures and still living by them. He was living out the word of God, you know, so that's very key right there. You know what? And again, there's the balances. There's the weights. He has the law of God, Ten Commandments. He has the law of man, the Medes and the Persians. He is being weighed out here. He is being judged. But his judgment, he's more worried about the fear of God. And they tried to brainwash him. Yeah. They took him into training and trained them for three years. Three years. Three years. Three years to teach them all the Babylonian ways about the gods, about all this stuff. But, I, you know, as Daniel trusted in his God, I believe that he just became more knowledgeable on what they were and what, you know, and understood it a lot better. And but in that he had the wisdom of God, you know, because he was able to know that still know our God's greater. He applied the word. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, he did. He discerned it. And that's why it's very important for us to know the word of God, you know, to read the word of God, to be in the word of God, to know the word, to know the Lord through his word. You know, and to know his holy, because that's how we know him. That's how we get to, you know, as the Holy Spirit teaches us, you know, because we need him, you know, especially, you know, through this time, through all the time, you know, through every moment of our lives. And because as we look at this scripture in Second Peter chapter 3, uh, verse 8 through 13, it says, But do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief, and then the heavens will pass away with a roar, and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved, and the earth and the works that are done on it will be exposed. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in the lives of holiness and godliness, 
waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. How many of us know that all is going to matter is, is if we're able to be found blameless in this new heaven and this new earth? People read into that, but that's probably like a nuclear war right now. I don't believe so. I believe this is the holiness of God. But I do have I, the way the way that I see this and just an example of that. And it's possible. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't know. But to be in the presence of God, he is a holy God. And so, therefore, anything that is unpure or unclean will be wiped away. And I always see this, this scripture when I read it, and that's what I do picture. I do picture as just like, just imagine like an atomic bomb is going out, right? You always see the, the videos and all that, right? And you just see that, that gust of, of, you know, the heat. It's not even fire. It's just heat that just pushes through everything. Well, I imagine that as this, this day. and just But I imagine the holiness of God. And the holiness of God just basically just destroying everything because he is so holy. But after all that is destroyed, which would be the flesh, uncleanliness, wickedness, all that is unrighteous, all that is just uh, that is not of God, all that is unholy, you know, abomination, whatever it may be. After all that is gone. It's what's left that is purified. They think this is about the Lord that said that sentence. I believe it is. Okay. I believe that is the day of the Lord. I never thought of it. That reminds me a little bit of when he said that reminds me of Moses. Yeah. Are you saying that? It reminds me of when he's talking. It reminds me of Moses when Moses went into the presence of God. Yeah. And the glory of God came about him. But even when he went out, he shined so much that he had to cover his face. Yeah. So that's the purification. That's the purification. Of what God does. So imagine all that would be left to be standing would just be the Spirit of God would be the righteousness of Christ. And we would still be alive because we're in Christ. And that's how I see it. That's just my my visual. I'm not saying that's what it is, but I imagine the holiness of God. And I say, Lord, okay, if your holiness came, like you said, we're coming in the presence of Moses, you just wipe me out. But because of my faith in Jesus Christ, that's what would still be keeping me today. To, to the point where the people didn't want anything to do with yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, it was... Like, you talk to God, and then you come and talk to us. Then you come and talk to us. <laughs> we don't want to We don't want to deal with that, you know? It's just, it was too much, you know? And and I believe, when we look at this testing that Daniel's going through, think about it, he's 80-something years old. He's coming close to the end of his life. So this is a huge test. This is a huge place for Daniel. And he's been he's being prepared to go home to be with the Lord. He's being prepared that, you know, this his time is coming. And you know what? So this is a huge test for Daniel as part of that purification as the Lord is. You know, remember, this is the time before Jesus, you know, so there's still a lot more being done in Daniel and all those that have gone before. So let's go back to Daniel chapter six. Really likes yeah, right. And we're going to look at 16 verse 7 and verse 17. It says, then the king commanded and Daniel was brought and cast into the den of lions. The king declared to Daniel, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you. 
and a, and a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that nothing might be changed concerning Daniel. So yes, we see that Darius, he liked Daniel. He did not want to see this happen to Daniel. But he wanted God to deliver. Yes. We're going to talk about that right now. That's that's how it looks. Yeah. Okay? That's how it looks. Okay, and I, and I believe he did and I believe a part of him does, okay? But I want us to look at a couple of things before we kind of give Darius too much credit here, okay? okay? But because I, I feel the same way. I'm not saying we're wrong, but we also have to look at it from other, other places here. So um, we see here that he's saying, may your God whom you serve continually deliver you, right? We, we see, yeah, it's not his God. So he's not saying he believes in Daniel's God, but he is acknowledging his God of Daniel. But at the same time, he has concern, but yet King Darius is a king, okay? And though it is against the law to overturn this, it doesn't mean he couldn't. So if King Darius really, really cared about Daniel enough, he would have just overturned it and suffered the consequences and the reproach that would have came with it. It's like the rich man. Go sell all your possessions and then come and serve me. And the rich man walked away. So it's one thing to have a concern, but it's another to be genuine. It's another to actually take action and do it. But then he was going against his own words because he's the one that proclaimed it, though, right? Well, yes, but again, he could have done it, but it would have been, it would have been, the people would have would have frowned upon it. You know, he could have lost his kingdom, and there was a lot at stake here. His identity, his 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 leadership, I mean, everything, it could have fallen. But again, it doesn't mean it couldn't have been done. So what does he do? He says, may your God deliver you. So I'm showing a concern, but may your God deliver you because I'm not putting myself out there like that, but I do care about you. Yeah, yeah he was already. Yeah, and, and I would like to see you delivered, but at the same time, I mean, you know, my hands are tied because not only did they toss him in the lion's den, which lions were known back then, to, you know, they would hunt him, and not only that, they were afraid of them, but also it says that a stone was brought on it and laid on the mouth of it. So they like double enclosed him in here to make sure that Daniel doesn't get out. Then they enclose it with the signet rings of the king and of the of the servants of the lords. And so they're making sure that Daniel is not getting out on here. Yeah, exactly. And this is what I want to look at today as we're as we're talking about this. See. He was found guilty of the Medes and the Persians. We see the balance scales. He's guilty. And the eyes of the king and the eyes of the Medes and the Persians. He's guilty. That's what it is. And he knows he's guilty. But we also see that Daniel's not concerned about being guilty in their eyes. He's more concerned by the God whom he serves. To not be found guilty in his eyes. Which is really all that should really matter. Because no matter what, through all of this, we know that God was in, is in control. And Proverbs 16, 11, let's see this here. Let me read this real quick. So we can. Proverbs 16, 11. It says, a just balance and scales are the Lord's. So the, the, the Lord has a just balance. Okay. And all the weights in the bag are his work. 
So we see here that God is in control of those things that are being judged, that are being done. God is in control of this situation that is going on with Daniel. Daniel is being tested. Daniel has a choice to, to, to repent. He can turn and say, no, I'm not going to do this, whatever it is. But no, he is more concerned with his God's judgments. So therefore, the one that's the righteous judge, the one that's overall, is God. And not only that, it says that it's his work. It's God's work. So this is God's work, and he is in control of it. So let's go to John chapter 19, because we see that Jesus even understood this. John 19, verse 10 through 11 says, So Pilate said to him, you will not speak to me. Do you not know that I have authority to release you and authority to crucify you? Jesus answered him, you would have no authority over me at all unless it had been given to you from above. Therefore, he who delivered me over to you has the greater sin. See, Daniel understood this. Jesus understood this. And this is something that we must come to understand. We have to understand that no matter what happens in this world, because our lives belong to our King Jesus, they belong to the Lord, that even though no matter what happens in this world today, we could still know who is our righteous judge and who our lives truly belong to and who is in control. And even though sometimes it may seem like, well, man, I can't believe we have to go to this. We have to go to that. Well, still, that, they would have no power over us unless it was given to them from above. And the things that we see in today are going on. It's only allowed because God has allowed it to go on. But there will come a day where all that will come to an end. It will come to a stop. So I, we need to pray about these things. We need to intercede for our country, for our world, for all these laws and all these different things. Yes, we need to pray. But don't allow ourselves to be burdened to a place where we feel that we're on the losing side. We are never on the losing side. We have victory in Jesus. Jesus is victorious over every situation, over everything. So even if you see changes, you can still trust God knowing, but God, you are still in control. Because we're not on a losing side. Because in Christ, we are victorious. Because he's victorious. And that's the side that we pray from. We pray from the side of victory. Amen. That's right. I mean, that's it, it's that peace through it that no matter what, Lord, when it all comes down to the end of it, anyways, my concern and my trust and my what I have to be concerned about is, Lord, the fear of you. Where do I stand in my relationship with you today? Because, Lord, I want to be with you. Everything else, this when it's all said and done, is the only thing that's going to matter, Lord, is my salvation in you. And we see here that even though it was going to cost Daniel his life, the only thing that mattered to him was his salvation in God. We see here that Jesus, he was willing to lay down his life because he knew and acknowledged, you have no power over me. You only have this power because it was allowed from above. We see one who is delivered 
we see one who dies, but yet we see God was in control of both of them. But we also see one who raises again on the third day. So even in death, there's still life because Jesus rose again on the third day. Yeah. And many times we'll look at the book of Daniel and say, well, you know, we, we, you know, we didn't, you know, they passed on or this and that. Are they in Christ? Oh, then they're still living. They're still victorious because they're in Christ. And when it's time for us to go, we are still victorious in Christ because that's what it's all about. But of course, we enjoy our life here. We live. We 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 are, you know we follow Christ. But as he said earlier, the scriptures: whether you live or whether you die, your life belongs to Christ. God of the living and the dead. God of the living and the dead. But He's the God of the living. So verse seven, verse eighteen says: Then the king went to his palace and spent the night fasting. No diversions were brought to him, and sleep fled from him. But when we really look at this, he suffered because of his own actions. If Darius wasn't so vain and he wasn't so prideful, he wouldn't allow this law to go in effect. He would have said, no, nah, we don't need to do that. But as soon as he heard, he said, oh, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. Yeah, I'm serving me for 30 days and only pray to me. He's suffering right here and putting himself in a place as he's fasting and putting this whole front up. That, you know, you know, what's it called? I mean, I'm not saying he didn't care about Daniel. We know that he cared about Daniel. But at the same time, you did this to yourself. A classic line somebody told me a long time ago, you did it to yourself. <laughs> Maybe it was how it was presented to the apostle. The planning that went in it, the way they spoke to him during service. Oh, yeah, they, they knew how to speak so to him. It's easy to get excited about things, even things in church and ministry and stuff. Yeah. And if not be with our wants you at or I think it's how it was presented to him. It was well planned. Yeah, it was very well planned. But again, Pilate's wife suffered because of Jesus. Yep. Yeah. She sure did. Pilate didn't want to crucify Jesus yeah, no. because he knew he was innocent. But at the end of the day, Jesus was still crucified. Yep. Yeah. So that's why I wrote, it's one thing to have good intentions, good motives to feel bad. But the reality is, if there's no action, then you alone will suffer for it. So going back to that other scripture you read, so the Jews were the ones that really were to blame for what happened in Jesus. Well, we were all to blame, but yeah, the Jews were definitely behind it. They pushed it. Said if you if you let him go, you're no friend of Caesar. Yeah, they plotted. They plotted exactly how they knew how to talk to Darius. They knew how to talk to Pilate. They knew how to put that guilt upon it because if not, Pilate would he would have suffered. Yeah. If there was another riot, I mean, they were threatening him. And he basically gave in to the pressure of the people. But again, good intentions, but his neck was on the line and he was not willing to lay down his, his, his neck for Jesus, even though he knew he was innocent. And they released a murderer and crucified Jesus. And he alone suffered for his actions. Good intentions, good motives, felt bad, but no action. <laughs> but even Darius, Darius had good intentions, good motives, but what did he do about it? Nothing, because he wasn't willing to risk it all. But I thank the Lord that he says he was willing to lay down his life for us. He laid it all down for us. No one else would ever do that. 
for anyone in this world, but Jesus who did it willingly in obedience to the Father. That's why he's just such a the greatest example, a great king. Amen. Let's look at verse uh, 19 through 23. It says, Then at break of day the king arose and went in haste to the den of lions. As he came near to the den where Daniel was, he cried out in a tone of anguish. The king declared to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve, continually been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths, and they have not harmed me, because I was found blameless before him and also before you, O king, and I have done no harm. Then the king was exceedingly glad and commanded that Daniel be taken up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no kind of harm was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Now, can somebody read Psalm 91, verse 11 through 13? And if somebody can prepare Luke chapter 4, verse 10. Psalm 91, what? Um, Psalm 91, verse 11 through 13. And if somebody can prepare Luke 4, um, chapter 4, verse 10. It says, who knows the power of your anger? For as the fear of you, so is your wrath. Is that Psalm 91? No, no. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm sorry. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot upon a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Amen. So we see here the Lord talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, but also talking about, you know, about the angels and how he commands the angels to guard to guard his people. Now, Luke chapter 4, verse 10. The devil knew this scripture. For the scriptures say, he will order his angels to protect and guard you. Amen. So we see here that the devil tries to use this same scripture to tempt Jesus. And he tries to use this scripture to put for Jesus to put himself in a position where now he's he's testing God. And many times we want to we want to test God because, well, God, if you're really in this and you need to do this for me. And how many of us know that we cannot command God to do anything for us? He's God. And this is where we really have to trust his will. See, we see an angel of the Lord. We see an angel. Daniel says an angel came and shut the mouths of the lions. God is able to command his angels, and they're able to be there. They're able to keep us. And we see here that now the devil's trying to use this same scripture to now tempt Jesus to test God the Father. But Jesus overcomes him and says, no, you shall not test the Lord your God. And after the end of this temptation, we see that it says that the angels came and attended him and strengthened him. So we know that the angels are active. And we know that they're active according to the word of God and how God directs them because they're his messengers. They're, they're his ministers of fire. They're the ones that God sends. And we know that there are angels. I mean, we believe in angels. We know there are angels. And we know that they, they're obedient to God. And they're meant to, you know, as the Bible says, I've given my angels charge over you. So we can have that trust. We can have that peace. We can have that comfort. But we also have to realize we, when we pray, what does the Bible say in Matthew 6, 10? It says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's coming to a place to recognize that, see, Daniel was in the lion's den. Jesus is going to the cross. 
But nevertheless, not my will be done, but your will be done. See, we see Jesus in the, in, as they're betraying him and as they're arresting him and they're coming. And we see Peter come and he cuts off the ear of the servant. And Jesus tells him, put your swords away. If you, if you live by the sword, you will die by the sword. And don't you know that I can call, at any call, I can call upon my father to send a legion of angels and they will come right away? I'm paraphrasing a little bit. But he even says it. But see what Jesus is acknowledging, but that's not my father's will. His will is for this to happen. His will is for this purification to, to bring him glory. His will is for me to die on this cross. So it doesn't mean that there was failure. No, it just means that this was trusting God. And so no matter how it turns out in our lives, we can look back in our lives and even as we continue to live, but this is where the trust comes in that, Lord, nevertheless, your will be done, not my will be done. On earth as it is in heaven, I know you've given your angels charge over me. But even though we've had to go through this, and even though this is going on, and even though I'm having to press through this, Lord God, but Lord, I still believe, and that's my faith. And I still trust in you. And I can still declare your word, but it's also having to trust your will. We see the angels deliver Daniel in the lion's den. He shut, they shut the mouths of the lions. But yet we see Jesus go to the cross. We see many prophets killed. We see many of the apostles killed. Many followers of Jesus Christ killed. But see, didn't mean they weren't righteous. They were found righteous. They were found blameless. And they do continue to live on in the presence of the Lord today. And many have been delivered. Many have been set free. Many have, you know, come out of those dark places and are living a day. Praise God because it brings glory to God. God is able to raise the dead. He is able to speak life and raise somebody up from a hospital bed or from a dying bed or whatever it may be. God is able. He is the healer. And we believe it to be so. We pray and believe God that he's already done it. But again, but Lord, it is your will to be done. Because he says it, he could call 12 legions of angels and they would come like that. But he doesn't do it because that wasn't the will of the Father. But through all of this, we see that Daniel is saved because he was found blameless. See, God was proving a point. God was displaying his glory through Daniel's life. With the enemy meant for, with the enemy meant for evil, God turned out for the good. He is using this place and time because Daniel's authority, Daniel's position, Daniel's place, he was allowed to go through this, but as he was allowed to go through this, we see here that he is found blameless, pure and innocent. God reveals the just weight because Daniel did not give in to the temptation to be found blameless and guiltless in man's eyes. His concern and his fear was to be found blameless in God's eyes. 
And because of that, now the scales balanced out because not only does he say, I was found blameless before him, he says, and also before you, O king, because now you have seen I didn't do anything wrong. So not only does God, and I love that because it says that about Jesus when it says that he went to go be obedient to his parents, that he found favor with God and man. God balanced it out for Jesus. And God balances out for us as long as we keep him and fear him and him alone. As Jesus said, worship the Lord and fear him only, serve him only. Because the one that we need to be concerned about whose weight that we measure and balance out in is in God's. And in that, he will balance everything else out. And Darius is able to see, and not only Darius, but all those that manipulated, that used it against him, all those in that kingdom were able to see this man was found blameless. The lions did not eat him. And we see that there was nothing to point or to blame him. He was blameless in God's eyes, and he was blameless in the sight of the king. Because he feared God. You know what amazing is? Daniel's name. God is my judge. That's what Daniel's name means. Wow. God is my judge. I wonder what his other name is. So when you look at Daniel, it's God is my judge. And we see here. We see that through Daniel's life when you look at from chapter 1 and we look all the way through Daniel's life in these 12 chapters. We get to see he's living out that name that God is his judge. Because right here, it was God that judged him and he was found blameless. And the only one that can judge me and you today is God. And in Christ Jesus, we're found blameless. But this is why we need to continue in that relationship with Christ. So we don't live in that guilt, to live in that fear, but allow that change and that purification in holiness to be more like him. That we could be found blameless on that day that we go to be home, whether it's the day the Lord returns or we go home before that. But no matter what, it's to be found blameless in him. And I put here, we have been judged and been found blameless in Christ. Can I read my footnote? Go ahead. So it's talking about the four, the four boys. It says, all four names of the Jewish youth contain some form of variation of the Hebrew names of God. Daniel, God is my judge. Mishael, mm -hmm. who is my God. Hananiah, Yahweh is gracious. And Azariah, Yahweh is my helper. Yes, and then you see the names that um, that Nebuchadnezzar changes them to. And it all has, it, he uses the same name, but he manipulates them and makes it all about Baal and their gods. Yeah. He changes all their names, but uses it toward their god. But yeah, all their names have to do with God. And we see here that God is my judge. And we see that now there's a judge, a just balance, a just scale. And even though it was, you know, there was false balances and it was and it was abomination to the Lord. But the Lord made it known that he was blameless. And because of that, all these other people, this kingdom was able to see nothing's ever been done like that. This man did not die in the lion's den. And then we'll find out next week who did. <laughs> so we get to see that these lions were hungry, but Daniel came through it. And this is, as we continue to honor our God, I mean, today, this is our, this is, we are, as a church, as Christians today, as believers, as followers of Christ, 
We are to honor our God and him alone. That's who is that's who we have to fear today is to continue to honor and to fear our God and to recognize he's the judge of all. And there will come there is coming a day of judgment for all. For all those in Christ will come eternal life. For those not, they will be cast into the lake of fire, as the Bible says. But what it is, it comes down to is the rejection of Christ. It's rejection of God's love and God's faithfulness to humanity. And this is where we need to continue to pray. We need to be those examples, to be that light, to be those, you know. And But, you know, as, as we brought out earlier, you know, they didn't want Moses around. He displayed the glory of God. It was just too much. Sometimes the glory of God may radiate to you from you too much. It says to a believer is a smell of life, but to those unbelievers, a smell of death because it brings conviction. It brings, you know, guilt. It brings about things that, you know, Jesus was, was rejected. They hated him because he spoke truth, you know, and he brought out things that they didn't like to hear. They didn't want to hear because it, you know, it caused all of them were guilty. You know, it brought, they were all put on the spot, you know, just like that adulterous woman. He says, any of you without sin, be the first to cast the first stone. And they all dropped him and walked away. And she came out of that. But even in that, Jesus told her, but go and sin no more. You know, so we have a responsibility. But, you know, definitely we start there is that righteousness in Christ, that blamelessness in Christ. And now walking that out and allowing the Lord to bring us even more into that place that we're living according to the word of God. And we're living, you know, out his his faithfulness and his love and the work that he is doing within our lives as we trust him amen any thoughts questions or any comments on anything else that was spoken on here tonight i think from daniel 1 to daniel 6 daniel is tested on a lot of areas of his life yeah and he's in his 80s because then you, when you go into the rest of from 7 to 12 all of that is prophetic visions came at different times throughout his life so yeah. you imagine i mean you know just like paul he says i saw this great vision you know but nevertheless he was put in a place of humbleness yeah. as he given a thorn in his side you know and and uh you know we see daniel didn't have it easy i mean he lived in captivity you know they were living in babylon you know so he had to work out you know he had to live a life just following god it wasn't easy you know just like it's not for us today I mean, it's you know we can all admit it's not easy you know but this is where we continue to trust the Lord. And, and, you know, we see Daniel got to that place that he only got there because he trusted in his God. And this is where it comes down to us. We continue to trust in our God, you know, and through that, I mean, God shows us different things. He reveals different things. And you know what? And, and it's, you know, those last chapters of Daniel definitely are visions that are given to him throughout his life. And many of them, he doesn't have an understanding of what it is, you know, and then others, it's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, it'll be an interesting as we go through that. We'll see how we, because there's a lot of stuff in there. There's just no true answers to, there's a lot of more speculation or thought and process and stuff like that. So we'll kind of see how we're going to go through those. I'm not sure if we're going to break them down as we have, or just kind of go chapter by chapter. I'll kind of, oh, we'll see how we're going to do that. But, um, but definitely I know there's some, some, some good stuff in there and, and as the Lord leads us, so. 
you know, definitely looking forward to that. But again, those visions were in that time with the Lord, you know, but with those visions came a lot of responsibility and also came a lot of trial and tribulation, so, you know, and who knows? I mean, we don't, we don't know the daily life of Daniel and the daily struggles he must have went through, you know, living in a pagan land and a country that wasn't his own and, you know, and, and all the things that he had seen and, you know, been through, you know, and to see the people going through as well. So it's definitely, uh, you know, definitely a trying time, but he came through it. You know what? And, and so can we. So, you know, and the best thing is we have Jesus Christ. <laughs> we have the Holy Spirit living with us 24-7. Amen. So, and we have the word of God to go back and learn from and, re and realize and see that, you know what? It's possible. Anybody else? Any, any other thoughts as we close up tonight? I was just noticing that the chapter, I mean, the heading on my next one is, is uh, Darius Honors God. Amen. Amen. Okay. So hopefully he, he had a change. A real change. <laughs> A real change, a real change. Yeah, and you know, and it's just funny. It just, it just kind of reminded me. I'm not saying that Darius didn't, but I mean, it just, it just reminds me of us as humans. I mean, I mean, we're all. I believe we can all relate to that. I mean, we have genuine concerns. We, we care about things or people, different things. But it's just uh, we have limitations, you know. And and uh, you know, sometimes we have good motives or we feel bad, but that's not enough to you know, as far as do something, you know. But thank God we can pray. And, uh, you know, and, and, uh, and thank God that, you know, we're able to learn from it and grow from it. But, you know, you just really get to see that, you know, many times there's just a lot of selfishness and pride and stuff like that. And so, you know, we can see it and say, oh, that's, you know, we, we see a lot of those, like I think we talked about earlier, those that give, you know, but they give, hey, look at me, look what I'm giving, you know. But Have your reward. Exactly. You know, but again, what else is behind that? We don't know. We don't know the hearts of the people. You know, so there's genuine givers, don't get me wrong, but there's also those that are giving to, you know, to be recognized for it. So there's definitely, yeah, definitely, you know, secular, Christian, you know, religious, just, and every, anywhere there's human beings, honestly, you're going to see a, that. There's a lot of good, morally good people on earth. Yeah, there but is. It's like the word says, nobody comes to the Father except for the Son. Yes. So even morally good people who are honest and righteous good point kind, they still need to come to know the lord yeah that's the separation they they still they still need to yeah because we you may meet some genuine nice people that are even not christian and they're nicer than some of us christians yeah, i'm like man that that person's nicer than i am <laughs> you know it's yeah. like well but they still need jesus they still need the lord you know and and uh you know, and you hear them and you hear them talk and stuff like that, but it's just, they still need the Lord. I mean, just as much as we do. So, you know, and, and uh, sometimes we could be kind of fooled in that thinking, oh, they're okay, but it's like, no, they still need the Lord and we still need to pray for them. You know, but, you know, there are a lot of good organizations that help a lot of people across the world that are not necessarily yeah. Christian, that are just good organizations that help out many out here, you know, and different things like that, you know, and we continue to pray for those organizations, you know, um, different things and plenty of Christian organizations as well. There's a lot of good, you know, a lot of good places out there that are doing stuff and we're we're blessed on it you know that we can you know and wherever we can be a part is is always a blessing so i know. think we saw a lot of that here in um, 2020. A yeah lot we of did restaurants and organizations that really are not christ-centered actually stepped up and did a lot of feeding in l.a and in different places and gave a lot and contributed a lot People found ways to go and help people. So that's, yeah. that's amazing, you know, when you can see that type of change come about, you know. But nevertheless, through it all, we all still need Jesus. Amen. And, 
you know, and, and uh, to keep that up and to keep that living throughout our whole lives. So, you know, but praise God. But, you know, but I, I still give Derek some props. Though, since here. I still give him some props. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, but you know, but as I was reading that, kind of going through, I was like, and just kind of thinking about it, that's what came with good intentions, good motives, you know, feeling bad still is not enough. Yeah, it's still not enough. You're still throwing the lion's den, you know, your ring was still on, your signet was still on there, so it wasn't. Yeah, and he, he may have been, but he still needed God. You still need a God, you know. Yeah, yeah. But maybe if he knew the Lord, he would have been like, you know, he would be willing to risk it all, you know. But it is what it is, right? So. <laughs> yes. Okay, so I got this during service. Okay. Um, it's time for us not to be shaken and keep going forward. Liz still has the infection in her leg. Blood flow is bad. Doctors hoping for better blood flow by Friday, so they won't have to amputate her leg. Okay. So we'll lift so, up Liz in prayer. Okay. The answer's already there. We already know that. The answer is already there. Yes. Amen. Amen. Any other prayer requests? Uh, yeah. Sister uh, Francis Gamboa's brother uh, just passed away. So oh. keep the family in prayer. They know he's gone on to be with the Lord. Oh, yeah. Like 96. And he still have a little Yes. Yeah. And how much time you want, huh? Yeah. Okay. Amen. That Amen. was Joe Alba, right? How much time do you that's your first thought. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry, people that are 96 they lived a good life. I, yeah, I say right. bless them, you know. That, that yeah. whole family has, has long. Yeah, long, long life. life. Because Amen. That, that sister friend's um, um, brother, but um, my Chalice's mom and aunt and sister friend, they're all still alive. And they're all in their 90s. So, yeah. Amen. Yeah. Long life. Praise God. Wow, it's a whole other life, right? Yeah. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, it's time to go. It's a glory to the Lord. That's glory to God. Amen. Yeah. We thank Him for the years that we get, whether they're that many or, you know, but no matter what, it's that whole life, that full life, right? We can live that full life in Christ. Amen. But if we if we get them 90-something years, and praise God. Amen. Yeah. Even 100 or something, That's right? Awesome. My grandma used to tell everybody she was 100. <laughs> my, my neighbors, um, Mom just passed away, okay. and uh, my neighbor's mom just passed away. She was 104. Oh my wow. gracious! Wow! Wow! That wow. is that's triple digit. Can wow. I ask what how Yolanda is? Do you know what she's doing? She's, she's doing good. I, 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 she, I think she just finished her, her therapy okay. and okay. stuff, but yeah, yeah. she's um, recuperating from the stroke. Yeah, but it's that. Yeah, it takes time. Yeah, but when I saw them, they were in the market. Probably just walking around and stuff. So. Amen. Amen. Good. Amen. Good to hear. Amen. Amen. Anybody else in prayer requests as we close up tonight? Anyone on the chat for prayer request? All right. Well, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you this day, Lord God. And we just give you the praise, glory, and honor today, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord. As Father God, we are just reminded through your teaching tonight, Father God, how we are found blameless in you today, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that we are righteous in you, Lord Jesus. And we just ask you today, Father God, that, Lord, as we learn from Daniel's life, Father God, that, Father God, Lord, we can have faith and we can trust you, Lord God, and we can rejoice, my God, knowing, Lord God, that as we, Lord, live in the fear of you, my God, that, Father God, Lord, it is a just weight, my God, and, Lord, we are on a just balance, my God, because, Father, Lord, you don't judge us based upon our past, Father God, 
But Lord Jesus, you may, you look at us, Father God, through the eyes of Christ, Lord thank Jesus, in the blood of Jesus, you, my God. Yes. And we just thank you this day, Father God. And Lord, may we just continue, Father God, Lord Jesus, in obedience to you. Father, as we come to know you more, my God, that you would help us by your spirit, my God, to be holy and blameless, set apart unto you, Father God. And Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that Lord, that we would continue to pray and intercede, Father God, and stand in the gap for one another, my God, for our world, for our country, my God, for our families and our friends and our neighbors, Lord God, that Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that we would continue to stand, my God, in prayer and belief and knowing, my God, that you have heard our prayers and that, Father God, that you are able, Father God, to bring these things about, Lord. But no matter what, Lord God, and what we see, Father God, through the changes, through all that has gone on, Lord God, and even what goes on within ourselves, we thank you, Lord, that our lives belong to you, Lord God, and that we can trust you, Father God, and that we can rejoice in you, Father God, knowing, Lord God, that you're in control, Father God. So we just thank you today as we stand together in faith, my God. Lord, we lift up Liz to you tonight, Father, in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, my God, that you are with her, that you are her healer, that you are her restorer, and that, Father, in the name of Jesus, it is you that leads her and guides her and directs her in all that she does. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you for a, a, a full recovery, my God, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, and that, Father God, whatever may be causing these issues in her leg and in her body, my God, that, Father, in Jesus' name, you would just make it known, my God, that you would give the doctors the wisdom, the discernment that they need to treat her, my God, and, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that your glory would just be displayed through her life and through the life of all the family, my God, as they continue to stand in faith, trusting you, Lord, and looking to you, Lord, for strength and comfort and peace through it all, my God. We lift up Sister Francis to you, Father God, as Lord Jesus, my God, Lord, brother has gone on to be with you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, that he is still living in you, Lord God, and thank you, Father, that he is rejoicing in your presence today, and we just ask you for comfort, Lord God, as Lord, doesn't matter how many years we have with anybody, Lord, Father, we still miss them once they're gone, Lord, and Father, in the name of Jesus, we just ask you for comfort on their lives and Francis' life and all the family, and Lord, in the name of Jesus, we just thank you, Lord God, as you lead them, guide them, and direct them, Lord, and Father God, the services and all that they do. Father God, we lift the Pastor Pat's neighbor's family as Father God, they are mourning the the loss of the mother. But thank you for all the years that you gave her, Lord God. And thank you, Father God, for all the memories and all, Father God, that she just all that she got to see, Lord, all the family she got to know, Lord, and all the lives that she has been able to impact, Father God. And we just thank you today, Lord, as you just comfort the family, as you provide for them and just Lord Jesus, as Father, as they prepare for the services and all that needs to be done, thank you, Father God, for being there with them, Lord Jesus. And Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for just another day, another night, Father God. And we give you all the glory and all the praise and all the honor, Father, as we trust in you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that we are blameless in you, Lord Jesus. And we just thank you as we rejoice, my God, because, Lord Jesus, we know you're coming back soon, Lord God. So, Father, thank you, Lord God, but that you are patient. And, Lord Jesus, that, Father God, you are long-suffering, Lord. And that, Lord God, Jesus, you don't want to see anyone perish, but all come to the saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we just thank you this day, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Amen.
we are dismissed tonight. Amen. Thank you guys all for joining us online as well.